Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you're joining me for this week's episode of the Pentertainment Podcast, episode number 124. Thank you for joining me. This week was a fantastic episode. It's a little longer than usual because we went through the history and background story of my very good friend, Yair Greenberg. He's the owner of Yaffa Brands. And he has a very interesting story that dates all the way back to when Yaffa Brands didn't exist, all the way to the most recent releases by Monteverde. So it's a very interesting conversation and he elaborates on his history, personal history that I knew about already, but I learned some more things in this episode. Now, really quick, please check out my sponsors, starting with, and you're going to want to not skip through, because yes, I'm going to talk about the Gold Spot affiliate link in the description below, where if you make guys make purchases, it helps me out, and you have been, so I really appreciate it. But what I want to talk about other than Gold Spot and the affiliate link that I wish you guys would check out and purchase, make purchases from, not forgetting to use coupon code ROY at checkout to save yourself extra money on items on the Gold Spot website, some exclusions to apply, but May 29th is a big deal because the Platinum Shape of Heart has landed in the U.S. Now, this gorgeous black pen has trim in rose gold and has hand-laid crystals in the finial. So you know how the finial of the platinum looks, uh, platinum 3776 looks? Well, it's a little dome. But inside that dome, there's like these little crystals. They're like small, I don't know how to say it. They look like little diamonds, but they're not real diamonds, obviously. And what they do is they fill that finial with those little diamonds, but not just the little diamonds. They also fill it with little 14 karat gold hearts. Where do those hearts come from? Well, if you look at the Platinum 3776 nib, the breather hole is a little heart. Those little hearts that get punched out of the breather hole, they throw them into the finial. It's really cute. So that's why it's called Platinum Shape of a Heart 3776. And they are available. They're super crazy limited. So you're gonna have to get them before they're gone. And if you're gonna get them, get them from Gold Spot. And if you're staying up late, making sure that you hit the checkout button because you're afraid of missing out and you're going to wait till the crack of midnight for the date of the release and you need to stay up, make sure that you're sufficiently caffeinating yourself with coffee from brlcoffeeco.com, brlcoffeeco.com. And make sure if you're buying coffee from brlcoffeeco.com, you're using coupon code ROY at checkout for an additional savings on all products on the brlcoffeeco.com website. So that's it for my sponsorships. I hope you guys have your snack or have a long commute ahead of you because this conversation coming up is going to go by real quick. But it's a long conversation, but it's actually very interesting. And I thank Yair Greenberg for being on the podcast. There are no potty mouth words on this podcast because he's the sweetest, one of the sweetest older people I've ever met in my entire life. And with respect to seniority, I will not use profanity in front of from in front of him on his first episode on the podcast. I feel like it was just it would just be disrespectful. So Everybody behaves themselves. Sorry if that disappoints any of you, but we're in the presence of somebody who's accomplished a lot. So that's it. There's no forewarning. Don't be forewarned. You're not forewarned. Now, onto the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage 7. 
I just want to say today is a very exciting day because today we have on a very good friend of mine. He is a gentleman that I've known for several years now throughout the course of the Fountain Pen Review channel that I've done and whatnot. His name is Yair Greenberg, and he is the owner of the corporation known as Yaffa Brands. And if you don't know who Yaffa Brands is, Yaffa Brands is the owners of Conklin, Monteverde. They are also major distributors for many brands in the U.S., including Diplomat, Delta, Mayora, Natuno, Marlin, Paniter, Private Reserve, Schmidt, Stipula, Tabaldi, and Euchers. And I'm pretty sure I got them all. Isn't that right? You're cheating, Roy. You're How do you cheating. Know that? How do you I can know tell you're reading from a you're you're reading from a list. You're probably on yaffa.com right now. That's so not true. So, so but could well, you stop? Uh, one of the questions was going to be how many brands we do marketing on. So, um, I, I just want to let you know we're doing marketing on thirteen one three brands. Mm. 13 brands. So yes, you are missing you are missing a couple over there, but if you want me to read all of them, I'll gladly do it. Let's let's have you do it. I think you could read it better than me. In not uh, any of um, importance, uh, we start with the uh, Pinider Diplomat, Private Reserve, Marlin, Tibaldi, mm. Monteverdi, Netuno, Conklin, Delta. Mm -hmm. Stipula Mayora, Eukers, uh, and Schmidt. Hmm. Didn't I didn't say all those? I think I said all those. I had to have said them all because I just read them off the list of all on the Yaffa brand. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom caught me. He he was right. No, but it's really good to have you, Yair, because Thank you. I, I've been talking about you for years, and I've been talking about your company, Yaffa Brands, for years in relation to Conklin and Monteverde and, of course, the distribution with the other brands. And what I keep telling, talking about with regard to you is that the owners of Yaffa Brand and the people that run Yaffa Brand, my friends like yourself and Neve and Ken Jones, were, they're all good people and they're all kind people that are faces of Yaffa Brands. But the thing is, many people don't know the faces that are behind Yaffa Brands. They just don't. So they assume that the company is so big and they don't care or they're kind of disconnected from the passion of fountain pens. And I've been saying for years that that is opposite the truth. The passion is there. And just because they're a big company, you can't discredit your company for having that passion. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And what I really wanted to have you on for was to communicate the human that is behind Yaffa Brands to my listeners. And I think no better person can do that than you. So can you take us all the way back? Because I remember you told me this story, your story, over breakfast at the Marriott when we were at the DC show together, myself, you, yes. and my wife. And it was just a fa yes. fascinating story. So let's take it back. At the inception, before you even started Yaffa Brands, what were you doing? You were, where were you from? Where are you from? How did you end up here? How did you end up making Yaffa Brands? I was born in uh, Israel. I came to America when I was uh, 23 to go to school, uh, to go to college, because Israel at that time did not offer a business uh, school. So um, uh, I decided to come to the States, and I uh, graduated with a, um, a BA mm -hmm. first. 
mm-hmm. in uh, marketing, advertising, management, and then I continued to uh, to get my MBA, also in business, naturally. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's uh, number one. I'm very uh, proud of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you say where I, you went to uh, school? Did I miss that? Uh, no, I went to California State University. Okay. In Los in Los Angeles. And um, one thing I want to say that uh, is important to me uh, regarding uh, what you said uh, a minute ago about my uh, history, number one, and the um, culture of the company. Uh, I'm very proud uh, because I was uh, an officer, actually a captain in the Israeli army. And until today, I attribute uh, a lot of my success to the fact that I was uh, lucky enough to be uh, in the officer position in the army. It taught me leadership. It taught me how to deal with uh, other individuals under uh, peace situations and under war situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through uh, the Six-Day War in Israel. Um, I was... Uh, drafted for um, six extra months after my uh, compulsory um, three years. So I've done that. So I'm very proud of that part of my life. Mm. Also, I'm uh, as proud of my MBA, my schooling. And I always tell uh, my family, my people and friends, uh, we can lose a lot of things in life. Um, we can lose money, we can lose friends, uh, we can lose um, other things. We can have very bad uh, years in business, etc. But I always uh, pride myself with those two things mm-hmm. uh, that uh, nobody can take it away from me. Nobody can take away my rank and nobody can take away my degree. Mm. So uh, my advice to... Uh, uh, youngsters, if you have a chance, uh, get uh, leadership uh, uh, positions wherever you can and get uh, naturally uh, education. Uh, those two things. Uh, number two, uh, number three, or whatever it is now, I <laughs> wanted to say, I, I will talk about my history in, in one minute. Sure. Uh, but I, I want to get this out of my way. Okay. Uh, many people, many people give uh, when you meet somebody new or existing that you know them. You give a business card. Right. Uh, hi, uh, my name is uh, Yair Greenberg. This is my business card. I'm uh, blah 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 from uh, this company, etc., etc. Uh, I don't like business cards. Um, my business card are my people. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that the average person who works at Yaffa is between 10 to 30 years uh, in the company, that's my business card. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. Don't have to say too much more. The right. culture of the company speaks for itself. And, uh, okay, so now I'll go a little bit. Uh, I talked about my... Uh, my rank, I talked about my degree, and I talked about my business card. That's my people, mm-hmm. that I'm my colleagues. Well, let's go back now, for go one back second. Let's, for uh, yeah. two minutes, uh, 
two minutes I'll go to my history. I came here after uh-huh. school. I was um, lucky enough. Uh, I was working be, uh, while I was going to go to when I went to school for an import company that used to import uh, movie cameras from France. Oh, cool. So I uh, I was a shipping boy, hmm. and um, for a uh, dollar, I think twenty five or a dollar fifty an hour. Hmm. At, that, at that time, and I was going, to, and I went to school full time. While I was uh, in that company part time, uh, packing boxes, I also learned the whole import business. So, um, but when I got my BA, the owner uh, made me as the operations manager for the whole company. So, from being a shipping boy, all of a sudden I became, a, a, you know, I was managing the company. It was a big honor, wow. and uh, and I continued. Yeah, I was there for seven years. Uh, Wait a minute. All my... What were your duties and responsibilities as a shipping boy, and what was it that the owner of the company decided credited you to suddenly well, go my, from that to... My duties were to uh, pick up uh, products from the shelf. Mm-hmm and to put them in boxes and uh, send them by UPS or FedEx or whatever. Hmm. <laughs> this was all my duties. But uh, over the years, uh, he took a big liking to me and to my family and to my history. And he saw the potential that I can offer. Hmm. So he didn't have anybody to um, at that time to manage the company. And he gave me uh, the chance. Oh, okay. How many and, years did uh, you know him? Very well. How long did I know him? For three years before he made me into uh, a operations manager. Mm. And during those three years that you were just a shipping boy, did you ever do anything outside the scope of your duties that were noteworthy or extraordinary that made him think, wow, he can do more? Or was it that he just mm. knew you on a personal level? Just on a personal level, and uh, I started to talk to him on the side. You know, I saw certain things that uh, I gave him my uh, my advice here and my advice there, and uh, um, you know, uh, I had uh, some ideas which I shared with him. Mm. So, so he liked that too. Uh, and by the way, when I came here, I came with uh, almost uh, zero money. Mm. So I needed to uh, to leave someplace. Mm-hmm. So, uh, during so this was my, while going to school, right? Uh, that's why they're going to school. So, a uh, my story goes like this: <laughs> first month I paid rent, the second month I paid, and then all of a sudden I started to uh, almost run out of money. So uh, there was a magazine stand uh, near where I was living. Mm-hmm. And there was an older gentleman there who told me, hey, why don't you become a manager of a building? If you are a manager of an apartment building, they give you a free apartment. Hmm. So I said, really? So I said, where do I look? I had no, <laughs> no clue. No. <laughs> so right. he says, you see? You see this newspaper? This newspaper, go in the back, you know, they have classified ads and look under <laughs> under manager, building managers. And mm-hmm. I did look, I made an appointment, and uh, within a couple of days I got, uh, I got a building from um, a nice guy who was a big producer in Hollywood, actually. Oh, really? Who was so, that? 
I have no, I don't remember his name. Oh, okay. It's been a long time ago. No, but he was a movie producer and he had apartment buildings, so he needed one for. My background is my father was a, a builder, construction builder. So during the summers in school, you know, when there was no school, I was working um, in construction. So I knew how to fix things. And uh, so he liked me also, this guy, with my history. And so I didn't have to pay rent. And I was um, packing boxes. And, uh, and the rest is, uh, like we say, a little history. Right. So There's... then after that job, I wanted to, I, so I learned everything about importing. And I wasn't scared of it because I, I knew how to do that part. Uh, many people uh, at that time were scared of how to import, uh, what paper you need, and blah, 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 and paying duties and taxes and shipping and all this stuff. So mm -hmm. for me, it was easy. So when I opened my company, to import was so natural for me. Mm -hmm. Then I decided to uh, move to another company, a manufacturing company, because I wanted to learn how to actually manufacture things. So okay. it was a metal manufacturing company in downtown LA. And uh, I was there for three years uh, also as a general manager running the, the company. And um, I had uh, the story I told you, it goes like this uh, in, in the short, I'll give you the short version. Okay. Uh, I, had, I had a designer who um, helped me design uh, desk accessories mm -hmm. and he, he came in uh, writing with an interesting pen and I looked at the pen it was an Aurora pen Aurora. Uh, the flat one Aurora mm. that is called the Tesi T-H-E-S-I and that's a flat pen that was at that time at the Museum of Modern Art for winning awards for its uh, shape unique shape from Italy mm -hmm. And then um, I, was, I always liked pens since I was a little uh, boy at age 13 for my uh, bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. I received my first fountain pen. Which one was that? So Do you I, remember? It, it was a Parker 45. Parker 45. I still, nice. I still, I still have it here. Yeah. Oh, you still have that same and pen? I, I have the same pen. I got it as a gift from my uncle and aunt in the UK, in London. Mm-hmm. And they sent, they actually were cousins of my mother's. Mm -hmm. And they sent it uh, a fountain pen and a pencil. Oh, that's nice. And yes, that's I have nice. it behind me in my, in my wall unit. Oh, nice. <laughs> and uh, so then I've always be, been writing with a fountain pen since I was a kid. And uh, I, I collected, uh, you know, inexpensive pens. So I, I liked it, you know. So when I saw that pen, I got excited. Mm-hmm. And I and I said, hey Bob, can I uh, can you loan it to me for a minute? I just want to write down the name. And then I got um, after he left, I called the Italian uh, consulate in Los Angeles, Italian consulate, mm -hmm. and I asked them to give me the uh, the company name, who makes Aurora pens, and then. Uh, they, they did, and they gave me a phone number, and uh, that night I was uh, dialing. At those uh, years, uh, the phone was with the dialer, you know. What do you so mean, a dialer? I, was up. I mean, uh, they didn't have touch tone, you know. The, the rotary, uh, like the... the yeah. 
the rotor, you know. Oh, the, oh, the, where you, you stick your finger in the round hole and you then you stick, rotate yeah, it. Yeah, oh, I forgot you're too young. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, the rotary. Wait. So I had to dial 10 uh, digits or whatever it was, you know, for hours because Aurora at that time had only one line and it was busy and busy and busy. Mm -hmm. So finally at 3 a.m. in the morning, I uh, I connected with them, and I uh, talked to the export manager, and I made an appointment with him to uh, to meet, and uh, I went to uh, Torino, and uh, I got the line for the United States. I make it sound so easy. Right, you do because um, we're we're skipping <laughs> over a whole bunch of stuff. So let me just go back because this is actually a very interesting story. This is actually more elaborated than I've heard you talk about it before. So you were this guy walks in and he's using an Aurora pen. You see it, and because you always like pens, you ask for the name so that you can research and discover it. So you finally discover yes. that it's from Aurora. Now at this point yes. in time, you're working as a manager. Now this one incident. I'm working as a manager, mm -hmm. and I had a, um, I had a calling. Mm -hmm. I I cannot describe it in different words. Mm -hmm. Which I think was like. Uh, I feel like it's a very pivotal moment in this story because, this is a moment where you recognized an Aurora pen, and its significance, and it was so significant to you that you actually stayed up till three in the morning to make contact, yes. with. Yes. Aurora and you did so yes. I mean yes we just have to acknowledge how significant this moment is because had that guy not walked in with that pen maybe the story f for the rest of your life could have changed right absolutely a hundred percent correct wow so okay so you are working as a manager you interact with this guy you contact Aurora and on the on in in I don't know what it was it was like I'm in America, in my head, you know. I, yeah. I'm in America, the land of unlimited opportunities. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was even thinking maybe I should go back to Israel because my idea always was I'll come here to do my schooling, mm -hmm. get some experience, and go back to Israel to mm -hmm. live there, you know, with mm -hmm. my family, my parents, everybody. But I said to myself, my God, you know, maybe, I don't know what it is. It's a... Maybe there's an opportunity here because I, I used to follow a little bit pens, you know, in stationary stores. I've never seen this. So mm -hmm. I, I said to myself, uh, wow, you know, there's something here. Okay. So let me let me just process a little bit. Hold on one second. Yeah, so, there's a lot to process. Oh, yeah, it's so much. This is a great Roy, story. Mr. Roy King, <laughs> there's a lot to process because I am uh, <clears throat> philosophically. Right. I'm a, I'm a great believer in the magnet. The magnet. You see, in a magnet, yes. Some people call it destiny. Mm -hmm. Some people call it a calling. Some people can call it um, other words. Fate. I always believed in magnets. Magnets mm -hmm. is uh, the energy in the universe. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I'm sure it happened to you sometimes too. You were thinking about a friend or you know and all of a sudden they call you five minutes later you know mm -hmm. how can it be you know or you were thinking that happens about to me all the time 
And I think uh, about Roy, and he calls me like two minutes later. You see because that? Because he calls me every five <laughs> minutes of the day. You see that? You see that? So, <laughs> so, so I I invented the name. It's my own, you know, philosophical invention. There is a magnet. We are all attracted to each other mm-hmm. through through magnets. Some people call it chemistry. Mm, okay. How can you be attracted to a man or woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, there must be chemistry. How do we um, get um, to like each other uh, as, as human beings? You right. Know? Uh, how come I like you guys, you know, because and I don't like somebody else? There must be, a, I call it a magnet, you know? Okay. So at those, that moment, there was a magnet right. that told me, Yair Greenberg, stay up till three o'clock in the morning and called it company that's fantastic I cannot so explain it logically right now if you want to hear something more interesting i uh, i spoke a little italian at that time okay uh so i told them i would like to speak to an export manager mm-hmm. of aurora and right away and somebody said they say hold on you know pronto hold on whatever and a guy by the name of george goldstein answers the phone Okay. Hello, may I help you? I said, yeah, this is Yair Greenberg. I'm calling from the United States. I would like to know if you have uh, an agent here. Mind you, by the way, in those 44 years ago, every minute to Italy cost uh, maybe 10 to $15, you know? That's craziness. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I was afraid when my wife sees the bill, she's going to kill me. Right. So anyhow... Um, he says, oh, Yair Greenberg, uh, yeah, my name is George Goldstein, and uh, the next question he asks me is, do I speak the Hebrew language, which is the language we speak in Israel? Right. And I said, and I said yes. And he's, uh, he was an Argentinian mm-hmm. from Argentina who, who lived in Italy, who lived, uh, you know, some years before that in Israel. Okay. Uh, and he spoke perfect hebrew get out of here so we carried the conversation in hebrew Mm -hmm. and in english and there was an immediate magnet collection connection i like so what do you think about that i think that's fantastic but i have questions so because you threw a lot of story at us (laughs) we could make a movie out of this but here's my question how what year was this how old were you at this time i was 32 Oh, okay, thirty-two. Because we we jumped over a lot of stuff. Because you were you were in college, you graduated from college, you have a job with that first company. Now you have a job with the second company. You're thirty-two, yes. and then you also mentioned if your wife had seen the phone bill, she would have killed you. So that means you've already met your wife and you've already married her. How long are you married now at this point? Uh, we were fairly newlyweds. Okay, so that's then she would have definitely killed you because you're. You're new, you're newlyweds, and you can't be spending money like that. So, how are you at this point? I was on the phone for an hour, by the way. Oh my goodness! So sixteen. What's the math on that? So 16, 60 minutes times yeah, fifteen. Yeah, it was a lot of money. It was a lot, was of, a money. lot of money. <laughs> and you stayed married, so you got to give us all the secret, right? Stayed married. I told the and my wife went with me to Italy. Mm-hmm. So wait, wait, slow and down, slow then, down, slow down. We got to go back a little bit. So your th- early thirties. You are still working as a manager. Where are you financially to be able to suddenly make a commitment like bringing in an entire luxury Italian line? I cannot say that I didn't have a penny to 
to my name because I had uh, a few thousand dollars uh, as uh, wedding gifts sitting in a bank. Okay. A few so, thousand, but so I don't, a, uh, how does a few thousand few, dollars... That's all, that's all, a few thousand dollars, a couple thousand dollars. That's so all. how do you turn that into importing one of the major Italian luxury fountain pen brands in the world? Well, uh, that's, uh, that's the very interesting story. Okay. Um, so I, I, I went to, on a, we, we, we were planning to go to Israel that springtime. So I told my wife, hey, you know, we're going to stop in Torino, Italy and visit Aurora, you know. Right. So I went there. Anyhow, we, um, and after a couple of days talking, they liked me and uh, they said, okay, give it a shot, man. So I ordered some uh, samples on the spot and I wrote them a check. So wait a minute. Dollars. How did you convince your wife about this? Because it sounds to me you're. This is oh, what it sounds like to okay. me. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. So my wife. Yeah, my wife is a psychologist. Okay. She 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 was in the psychology business, mm -hmm. and she told me that um, uh, who you know like who is going to write with a pen that cost at that time retail $25, you know, when mm -hmm. you can get a big for ten, five cents, you know, or something, whatever it was then. A cross, I think, was at that time five to six dollars. What year What year are we talking? A, for a ball pen, you know, 1978. Mm -hmm. Okay, 1978. 78. So, so my wife said, okay, well, you have the urge to be in business. I will, uh, because I told her, hey, I need to quit my job. Mm. So she said, I'll support you and, uh, and let's pray. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I, I, have, I have faith in you, you know. Well, that's really she used good. to keep on telling me, you have potential, you have potential, you have potential. Well, she clearly believed awesome. in you. Yeah. Because she could have she taken the, me. she could have chose the other route and just beat you up. And then, <laughs> right. <laughs> So anyway, I bought for a couple hundred dollars, I bought samples. At that time, uh, Roy, Roy and Tom, there was um, no Office Depot, there was no Staples. Right. So there were tens of thousands of stationery stores. Mm. Every corner, especially in New York, was an, a stationery store or an art supply store. And they're right. all selling pens. So I start walking around all over the place from store to store to store, you know, mm -hmm. and I start getting orders. And uh, then came the big problem, which you just asked me a minute ago. How are you going to finance to buy the products? So right. I went to, I didn't want to take money from family or friends. Okay. This was my, uh, my, you know, my own decision not to, uh, not to take money from anybody. So okay. I, um, I went to banks. When you go to the bank at that time, and maybe even now too, for sure, uh, they say, okay, I'll give you, you know, I, I ask for $10,000 loan. And they say, well, how can you guarantee the loan? I said, me, <laughs> just me. <laughs> you know, do you have any assets? No. Do you have a house? No. <laughs> do you have a, what do you, how can you guarantee? Well, what happens if I give you the money and tomorrow you disappear? Mm -hmm. So I went to, uh, I don't remember, 10, 15 banks, and they all turned me down. So wow. I was very discouraged, but uh, 
I kept on going and find. I talked to a friend of mine. I told him, man, I have orders here for thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I don't know what to do. I need I need to borrow money. So he says, why don't you go see this guy? You know, his name is Brad. Uh, he manages a small bank uh, here, you know, a small branch of a small bank. Mm-hmm. So I went to see uh, Brad uh, Schatz, his name. I still remember his name, you see, after all these years. Right. And... Um, we had coffee together, and I just told him my business plan, what I want to do. And I said, hey, look at all the orders I have, and blah, 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 blah. And, and uh, he says, you know something? We have tomorrow, we have the meeting at the bank, you know, where all the managers, we come. They had at that time, I think, 10, 15 branches. We all come to the CEO, and I'll bring up your case. Let's see what he says. So... Um, uh, he calls me the next day and he says, uh, well, I told you a story to the uh, CEO of our bank and he would like to meet you tomorrow for lunch. Hmm. So I, sa- I said, really? <laughs> I said, yes, go to this high rise in the, on Ventura Boulevard and go to the, I don't remember, 18th floor mm-hmm. and Dave, Dave Hender will meet you there. Dave Hender, rest in peace, you know. Okay. Uh, Sorry. I saw Dave Hender, and he invited me to lunch in his office, and he had a private chef, and I said, oh, my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he liked me, and guess what? He gave me my first $10,000. So all the orders that you collected at these stationery stores, $10,000 is enough to cover it? Was not enough. At least it was a start. Oh, and okay. over the years, we built up a line of credit with this bank up to a million dollars. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a big wow, no? <laughs> yeah. Wait, now, can we, can we I, just go I back? I have to imagine at this. I'm so sorry. I used go to go ahead. to them with the orders. I used to go yeah. to them with the orders and I say, I need another 10. I need another five. I need nice. another this. And uh, we built up a relationship. And uh, this CEO took a liking to me. He used to come to my tiny little office, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 10 by 10 by 10. And we used to talk about pens a little bit. And, nice. Uh, you build a relationship. So that's another magnet, correct? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Tom, you were going to say something? Oh, I just want to ask Ayer, um, the So I, I'm, I'm just kind of imagining the situation trying to convince a, a you know, a, a a bank representative about getting a loan officer about getting this loan and i'm trying to think 1978 in context of the various things that other things that people could be financing let's say for example in in la you have uh movies you have uh what like you know typewriters and and there's still personal computers still very far yes uh, you know in the distance but uh but then but then you come in and you're saying i am importing pens from italy and I, I could I could already see, even though this is still you know, four decades ago, I could already see that that wasn't something, you know, that people were looking at as like the next step in the future. That was something that they were like, oh, you know, we need to get in on this on this business. So it, it must have took take some convincing on your part and some salesmanship to really sell the idea to these loan officers and, and finally get through to to that one a particular person who guaranteed your loan. Yes. Everything you said is correct. I mean, I, I also see it, it, it in took, two different It took levels. some salesmanship and it took convincing. 
Right. It takes salesmanship uh, on, on several levels. One, you have to go into the stationery store, which is what I want to ask you about what that was like. You have to sell it to them. Then you got to sell it to the loan guy. Can you imagine selling a $25 pen when the cross was six fifty? No, I can't. So that's what I want to know. What was that experience like? You're, you're walking around. No one knows who you are. And probably no. nobody knows who Aurora is. So no. can you... Can you take us through the experience of walking into a store off the street? What was the sale like? What was the conversation with the store owner like? How how did that happen? Take us through that. Yes, that's uh, that's wow. You're taking me back uh, to uh, first of all, uh, what it takes. It takes guts. <laughs> that's sure. number one. You know, <laughs> it takes guts. Um, and uh, what I uh, decided to do at that time, I, I, dis I, 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 I well, let's put it this way. New York was at that time the center of, of the, 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 the pens, pen business, you know. Really? Because every, every, every corner had a stationery store and an art, or an art store. Or a pen store, you know. There mm. were so many stores, so I said to myself, I should start from New York. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I called uh, Arthur Brown, and I introduced myself. I said, uh, "Hi, this is Yair Greenberg. Blah blah blah. I'll be in New York on this and this day. Can I stop by and see you?" And he says, uh, "What is this about?" I said, "Well, I have the distribution for this uh, pen called Aurora." And uh, I would like to show it to you. He says, oh, yeah, I think uh, I think some uh, tourists are asking for this pen. You know, oh, come on in, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I went to Arthur Brown. He gave me an order for 144 pens. Wow. Uh, wow. 144 pens, like somebody would give me an order today for 10,000 pens, you know. <laughs> <It's> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then there was a uh, Fountain Pen Hospital. Oh, so okay. I went to Fountain Pen Hospital. I say, hi, my name is Yair Greenberg. Can I come see you? And he says, sure, come on by. You know, everybody was so nice to me. Who did you speak to from Fountain um, Hospital? Terry? Terry. Terry, yeah, good. So, yeah, Terry. Good. And at that time, by the way, he was in, in a lot of also stationary, not just in pants. You know? Right. So uh, I saw Terry and I said, oh, I just came from Arthur Brown, you know, from Warren Brown. And uh, he gave me a nice order. And that's what I have to show you. Mm -hmm. Oh, he says, uh, you see, you, you look like a nice guy, you know, give me, uh, I don't know, give, give me 12 or this, or I don't remember what it was, you know. Mm -hmm. So he gave, he gave me this, and I said, who else sells pens here? So he says, uh, well, there's Flex, you know, mm -hmm. Flex, they have seven stores or something. So oh, Flex, mm -hmm. okay, so I went to... Uh, I went to the flex store and I says, who is the buyer for the chain? They say, oh, Joe Borrero is the buyer. Mm -hmm. I say, oh, Joe, oh, where is Joe located? He's located there. I ran over there to another, you know, street. And I said, Joe, you know, I just came back from, from Brown and the FPH, you know, and they told me that you guys sell pens. He says, well, what do you have? I said, I have this unique pen. It's at the Museum of Modern Art and blah, 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 blah. And he gave me an order. And uh, then I'm, I, I just sorry. went from store to yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, really quick, just quick, quick logistical question. When they give you an order, you have to produce the pens. When do they pay you? It's not when they, they give you the order. They pay me 
they pay me at the best 30 days after I ship. Okay, so you give uh, them the pens and then 30 days Most of the time, later. at that time, most of the time, it was 60 to 90 days. That's oh, why geez. you get into... That's where you get into a cash flow, mm-hmm. a problem, because you can be a great salesman and go out and sell a million dollars, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have to finance it. You know, that's what most people don't realize. You need mm-hmm. also the finance. So right. once I had this banker behind me, I felt a little more comfortable. Right. And th- then I asked some stores, do me a favor. I'll give you a discount. Can you pay me now? You know, uh-huh. I'll give you two. Two percent, five percent discount. You know, right. I need I need the money to buy the product, and some of them help me. I see. That's if, cool. If you go in with an attitude of sell yourself, mm-hmm. sell sell uh, your charisma, mm-hmm. sell your ideas, sell sell you. You know, you. Mm-hmm. The 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 product is uh, number two or three. I see. Really quick question. I want to know something that really intrigues me. This is 1978 about, right? And you're in New York City. Now, from what I remember just from history, in 1976, New York City went bankrupt. Like half the NYPD was canned and fired. Crime went through the roof and the city was even producing pamphlets that said, Fear City, Stay Away. Right. So, yeah. So it was a very bad time, probably one of the worst times in the history of New York City because of how high the crime rates were. Did that affect you at all or not? Uh, To be honest with you, it's the first time I I hear this. Mm. Oh, I went there. You lived it. And this is the first time you heard of it. (laughs) I went like a laser beam. You know, my 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 mission was you don't come back unless you have a stack of orders. Okay. So, and, uh, so you would go out I and just get... went from store to store. Then there were yeah, other stores and blah, blah, blah. Then, uh, you know, I went to Chicago mm-hmm. and I saw some stores. Then I went to all over the country uh, slowly, slowly with my little suitcase and, uh, uh, you know, covering all, you know, the whole country where people, you know, bought pens. There were so many pen stores at that time. There were like uh, 300 or something. Mm. I'm talking about pen, almost pen specialists between uh, you know, 150 to 300. And then every stationery store carried pens. So mm-hmm. it was uh, relatively easy. Right. Relatively not easy, but you had at least a place to go and you know, talk to somebody. So uh, at this point in time, you're borrowing money and you're kind of revolving money coming in, money being spent, and money being borrowed. Yes. At what point? Yes. How many years, if any, did it take for you to get to a point where you don't need to borrow money anymore? That's a good question. That's the, one of the best questions you had. Uh, because a lot of uh, listeners, maybe they want to go into their own business and uh, they would like to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it took 20-some um, uh, years to get out of debt. 20-some years. Wow. 20 some years, 25 wow. maybe, 20, 25 years, 20 years, yeah, um, to get out of debt completely. Why? Because the company grew from zero to many, many, many millions of dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to borrow. Uh, um, 20 some years ago, I, uh, I opened the Office Depot as, as, a, as a big customer. And uh, they bought for me uh, millions of dollars, and wow. uh, 
so you know how do you you have to finance it you know with uh, or your own capital or with bank money but mm -hmm. uh, eventually if you are a discipline and if you uh, pay attention to accounting and finance which I uh, pride myself in being very good at no, I'm not only in sales but I'm also a very good accountant mm -hmm. um, so if you are good in finance and accounting and you don't uh, spend money uh, like crazy on stupid things uh, you pay your debts and eventually you get out of debt and uh, this was one of the happiest days uh, of uh, me and my wife we said hey Let's have a champagne glass. <laughs> a glass of champagne. Yeah. So a glass of champagne. Yaffa Brands yeah. has been established in 1978, and that 1978 is the point where you're walking around on foot with a suitcase, going to retailer to retailer and stationery store to stationery store, right? What year and, did you? And going going to trade shows, you know, mm -hmm. naturally. When did you get your? When did you expand from just you walking around on the street to somebody working for you? Uh, didn't take too long. It took uh, it took about uh, a year. I see. Uh, a year. You know, I already had somebody helping me in sales, uh, a local salesman. Then I hired reps. You know, mm -hmm. around the country who, who were commission reps. So they were selling for me, or I went with them to call on their customers. Mm -hmm. And then I had a shipping guy, then I had a bookkeeper, and then I had a secretary. All along for the first 10 years, by the way, my wife, she gave up her profession and she helped me in the office here. Mm -hmm. Her father was a CPA, so he taught her how to help me with the books. So. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. so, she, so she did the accounting as far as uh, paying bills. She's very good at paying bills until today. Mm. She's very good about paying bills. And uh, so she helped me with the invoicing and billing in 10 years. After 10 years, the company did uh, quite okay. And she said, uh, okay, time for me to, uh, <laughs> to be at home. Yeah, that's cool. So, and, and then that's she did awesome. some more. Uh, she did more therapy, mm -hmm. and uh, and then I was uh, and I continued. You know. Okay, so what was and, after uh, Aurora or during this time? It wasn't just Aurora that you're distributing. What was the next brand that you started distributing after Aurora? Uh, after Aurora, I took on Omas. Omas, very nice. What yes, year was that? I had. I don't remember. Mm, Just okay. a few years later, I took Omas, and then there was a line from Germany called uh, uh, Senator. And then uh, I started developing uh, my own brand. You know, called, uh, at that time we called it Yaffa, mm -hmm. and uh, we sold Yaffa pens to uh, Office Depot and uh, Staples and uh, some mass market accounts. Cool. And uh, and uh, all along, don't forget, I also opened a, a promotion company where we sold uh, a lot of uh, pens and other products uh, as giveaways. Mm. And in those years, the number one giveaway in the promotion business what was that? Uh, were, were pens. Mm, of course. Pens, Just... pens was the number one giveaway. That's what made Cross a $100 million company. Right. Because everybody and their brother had a Cross pen in their pocket. You know? What year with, was with it? With a company logo. Company logo. Yeah. What year was it that you created the name Yaffa 
And can you explain to everybody what Yaffa, the name, comes from? I mean, I know, but I want everybody else to know. Yes, the name Yaffa came from my first two letters of my name, which is Yair, it's Y-A. My wife's name is Faye. So the first two letters of her name are F-A. So that's the way it became Yaffa. That's really, really <laughs> sweet. I think, I think it's really adorable. Yaffa Pen Company. In the beginning, I mean, for many, many years, the Yaffa Pen Company. Just recently, we changed it to, nicknamed it to Yaffa Brands. But did you, uh, on, pa on paper, we are still Yaffa Pen Company. Uh, did you name the, the company Yaffa Pen Company in 1978, or was it later? Yes. No, in 1978. Oh, okay. I see. So when did, when did Aurora stop doing business with Yaffa? They didn't like me taking on other brands. Ah, so, so I had to make a decision, you know, can I make a living from one brand mm -hmm. or, uh, or I want to grow in different directions. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, after I think, I don't remember how many years we were together, 10 or 15 years, uh, okay. we decided to part company, but at that time I had my brand and I had other brands. So, so it was okay uh, for that. By the way, I didn't mention something important. The first year of business uh, that I, st I started in June mm -hmm. of ni 1978, uh, I sold uh, single-handedly of that flat pen retailing for $25. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how many I sold? Can how many? Guess? Can you okay. guess? Uh, one hundred and fifty thousand. Be conservative, uh, Be conservative. Oh, okay. One hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> Is that a conservative? <laughs> Twenty-five thousand. Okay. So listen, I was wow. in the. Fa That's pretty good. I mean, I don't know. Listen, this is a different world because this is a world where you get physical orders on a receipt from people. It's not like you can just order it online. You know what I mean? So. Now I'm no, sure you sell. No, that's physical orders from people, one by yeah. one by one. Yes, that's that's a lot. Twenty-five thousand was a miracle. Even the Italians couldn't believe that I could do it. You know, mm, that's, that's good. only that ballpoint. That we did. We had fun to pens too, in the line. So, anyhow, we sold uh, a few hundred thousand dollars the first year, which was a, a miracle. It's mm. like telling you start a business today and I expect you to do it six months, uh, four million dollars. You know? Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, a miracle, absolute miracle. I'm I'm talking to you now. It's like a movie in my head. Sure. In my head. Sure. I mean, it was a it well, was it a hustle. Like, yeah, that's what yeah. I was gonna say. It sounds like you worked your ass off for that, you know, for that time, just completely hustling the entire time. Mm -hmm. Failure is not an option, guys. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Failure is not an option. Oh, I thought you said sailor, yeah. like the brand sailor. I was fa like, <laughs> fa to fail, to fail, to uh -huh. fail, failure. Yeah, of course. It's not an option. And, uh, you know, it's just like, uh, like, as I said, it's like I'm talking about, it's like a, I'm telling you a story about somebody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so. So just, amazing, I'm, so amazing. Can is, you imagine it's, that it's, after two years, I start selling Aurora sterling silver pens to Tiffany. Wow. Nice. Tiffany Especially was, Tiffany uh, is a huge account because they're a major... Huge account. I used to fly every two or three weeks to New York and go to the buyer there. We used to meet on the second floor, which is silver, uh, or the third, whatever. 
And she used to order a hundred of this, two hundred of this, a hundred of this, two hundred. And I almost, and I almost fainted, you know, every mm. time <laughs> she gave me those orders. Oh my God, you know. Wow. Tiffany, and uh, by the way, um, we didn't sell only pens all these years. I there was a time of uh, every twenty years that I sold more uh, gift products that are not pens. Mm. Uh, Sharper Image, uh, at the height of their business, were my best customer. Really? I I imported uh, lamps and clocks and lighters and lightning balls, you know, the ball that you put your hand to it. And it yeah, I remember lightning. that. I remember those in the and, dentist's uh, office. I used to I... bring them, I used to bring a lot of products that were non-pens, so... Uh, I cannot say that Yaffa was only a pen company at that time. For okay. many, many years, we were uh, pens were the smallest part of the company. What made you decide only in the last, to uh, move? Twenty years. Uh, sorry. What made you decide to move away from all the other stuff that wasn't pens to only it's pens? A good, another good question, Roy. Because at that time, Office Depot opened up, and Staples opened up, and you know uh. what happened? All this little mom and pops had to close. They mm -hmm. killed them. So you had 30, 50, 100,000 mom and pop stores all over the country. Unfortunately, a lot of my customers had to close. Oh, no. They couldn't compete with Office Depot. Right. That's sad. So that's what happened. Yeah, Office Max, Office Depot, and Staples. But they that doesn't. Them all. That so doesn't explain. I, my to... my base shrunk, you know, my uh -huh. base. But that but there is still a lot of um, gift stores, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, many stores selling uh, other than pens. So I started to go to gift shows, and then all of a sudden, uh, um, you know, other companies uh, approached me, and they and they wanted to buy picture frames. And staplers, mm -hmm. and you name it, I was in it, you know. <laughs> but wait a minute, I'm, I, that still doesn't answer the question that I asked. If you're now faced with situations where most of your customers who are stationary stores are shutting down because of Office Depot, because of Staples, and you're, as a result, having to sell other things than pens, what changed? Why did you now go? Because right now, Yaffa Brands is a pen company, and they sell pens and inks. What changed to make Correct. you go from the clocks and the staplers and the electric balls to selling pens and pen-related stuff? The if, pens again, you mean? Yeah, right. More pens. Like, how well, did you? Pen, pens was always uh, my first love. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I always loved the the pens. You know, so I, I continued to sell pens. And, uh, and by the way, twenty-five years ago, twenty-eight years ago, whenever it was, that's when I. Uh, it's an interesting story. There used to be a store in New York uh, called June. I know of that June's, yeah. June Pence, you know, yeah. Mr. June. Uh, um, he was one of my customers, and he, he used to, you know, uh, talk to me a lot. And uh, he always told me after I started to veer a little bit from importing pens, and I used to sell only Yaffa brands, you know, Yaffa pens. He said, Yair, I, I, I miss you. You need to go to Italy and get uh, more Italian pens. Mm. I mean, <laughs> it's it just in your DNA. You have to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And he bugged me and bugged me and bugged me. So <laughs> I uh, went to Italy and uh, looked around. Uh -huh. And that's when I, um, that's when I found uh, Delta. Okay. 
Now, when you get, I was going to ask that, by this time, you have Delta, and this is mid-80s about. Do you still have Aurora or not? No. no okay. No. I didn't okay. have Aurora. I didn't have, I didn't have anybody. Oh, okay. I only had the Yappa brands because at that time, I said to myself, in order to survive, I need to sell off his depot. And uh, I, I worked on them and worked and worked and worked. And mm -hmm. uh, eventually, I got in, you know, big time. It was... Uh, Excellent account for me. Excellent, okay. excellent account. You know, Office Depot. It um, helped me get out of debt and the best, mm -hmm. best. That's I had the best cool. experience with Office Depot. Cool. So, yes, and then I went and I got Delta. So I got back into the, uh, the fine pens. And uh, <clears throat> so I did both. You know, I had Delta and then I started to, I got the Stipula and I uh, forgot who else I had at that time. Oh. And that's when I got the idea in 1999 to uh, to do my own brand, you know, Monteverdi. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Yair. Uh, let me stop you. Let me stop you for one second, okay? I'm trying to just keep track. So you mid 80s, late 80s, you get Delta, then you get Stipula, right? What was got selling? Stipula. I don't remember the year. It's Stipula, and I had. Uh, all along, I had Schmidt refills, mm -hmm. and then we became very big in refills because I did refills for uh, Office Depot. Okay, what was uh, it like? What to, was it like for Delta when you brought Delta in, a new Italian brand to the U.S.? Was that easier to sell to people having been having sold Aurora, or was it harder because the memory of Aurora? How was that with customers and whatnot? No, it was it was very easy because I just picked up the phone and people bought, you know. Ah, I okay. didn't I didn't even have to go see them, you know. Everybody knew me and I said, Hey, do you know, like do me a favor, buy two. You mm -hmm. know, buy three. Right. Buy one, you know, and just just let me keep on going, you know. Right. And was so, it the same all, for stipulation? All my friends uh, sorry, yeah. We all my friends uh, supported me for uh, you know, just to you know, it's, it becomes like a partnership when you know people for, for a while, you know, and you do a good job and you make them money, they trust you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was easier, much easier than the beginning, you know. I already had a base, you know, I had a, a buildings, I had people. Uh, so, um, you know, the company was rolling already. When did Marlin come into play? Was that recent or was that also? Yes, it was recent because when Delta uh, had to close its door five years ago, we uh, we started to worry, you know. And uh, by the way, I, I, I must also mention that uh, Ken Jones came uh, to the company uh, at 12, uh, 13 years ago. And uh, he, you know, he helped me uh single-handedly mm -hmm. to change Yaffa into a more of a pen company you know going back to my roots yeah and then uh, after ken came you know we hired uh, ross uh, as a national sales manager ken is our vice president sales so he was also in the pen business and uh, that's when we uh, went uh, big time uh, mostly into Pens again, you know, so I gave mm -hmm. up a lot of the gift items and uh, we took on a brand. So Ken and I went to um, Europe after Delta closed and we were looking around. That's where we took uh, companies like uh, Marlin and Diplomat and uh, then Pinider. And that's when I bought Del uh, Conklin also about uh, 12 years ago. 
mm-hmm. uh, when Kane came on, on board, you know, so... Wait, the, oh, slow down. A... Slow down. I want to go back to what we were talking about because you're jumping too far ahead because I like going in order. In 1999, we have Monteverde, right? Yes. Okay, so... We start Monteverde from a dream. Monteverde means a Greenberg, my last name in Italian, mm-hmm. which means a green mountain, mm-hmm. Monteverde. That's cool. So that's where the name came from. Okay. And the Monteverde pens were different from every pen that you were selling before. because At, at that time, uh, I, um, I was selling from Delta carbon fiber pens mm-hmm. that were selling between $600 to $1,000 mm-hmm. uh, in carbon fiber. And then I, uh, I, I was going a lot to the uh, Orient at that time, to uh, Taiwan, Japan, Taiwan, Korea and even China. So I found a, a small company and I asked him if they can make me uh, pens from carbon fiber because I thought it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So we, we, you know, we opened Monteverdi with the Innova line, which we still have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Innova was the first affordable carbon fiber pen on the market. What did it cost at, at the uh, time? Uh, 65 retail. Mm. And when we celebrated uh, our 20th uh, anniversary, uh, Ken and I uh, brought back the uh, Innova, and uh, we sold it also for $65 only. That's the one that came so, out a couple of years ago, right? That That is correct. I love that pen. That, that $65, yeah. I felt like you guys were taking a loss on it on purpose just to celebrate the yes. price. So. Yes. We celebrated the price like it was 20 years ago. Right, which is insane. I think it's fantastic. But I have a question, and it might be a harsh question, and I ask it respectfully. Being that Delta was selling a carbon fiber pen for $600 to $1,000, did they have an issue with you selling a carbon fiber pen from their very own distributor for such a lower cost? No. Hmm. Uh, my partnership with Delta is uh, very, very close, and mm-hmm. uh, no, um, we we are like family, you know. So mm-hmm. they were happy for me, actually, you know, oh, because wow. they, they they it was very difficult to make that pen, and uh, um, they they didn't expect to sell a lot. So they actually were happy for me, you know. And oh, that's I good. I also knew that I need my own brand. I cannot rely on anybody, you know. So. And the Yaffa was, I, you know, I gave up the, those uh, inexpensive pens, so that's why I needed a, like a luxury name. So mm-hmm. Monteverdi was, was a good name, and I started from scratch. And um, at the same time, I had Office Depot, and uh, we were doing very well. And we were on, working on eight cylinders, you know, mm-hmm. uh, operating on eight, eight cylinders. And uh, so I decided to do my own brand, and uh, I took profits from... Uh, from other sales, and I invested in building a, a new brand. And mm. then, uh, uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, the reason I'm talking to you about the Innova, tomorrow there's going to be a blast going to all your stores. Do you get the blasts, uh, Tom, by the way? Oh, yes. Yep. From Yafa? You will see a yes, blast sir. tomorrow with a letter from me to all the retailers uh, introducing a new pen. Uh, called the Super Mega. Ooh. It is the the largest carbon fiber pen ever made. 
it's oh, a, a big pen that uh, took us years to develop and it is i must say myself <laughs> i'm so excited it's magnificent it's wow. uh, it's a large carbon fiber pen i'll um, I'll send you an email tomorrow too, uh, Roy, after Good. I send it to my dealers. Cool. I'll send it to you. So um, my letter of introduction to for that blast that's going out tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m. L.A. time, uh, I'm, I'm reminding uh, my customers that we started Monteverde with the Innova 23 years ago. And now wow. I'm so proud to introduce the new, it's not a mega pen, it's a super mega pen. Wow. And it's on my desk. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I don't know how much time you have to talk to me, but we can talk for hours. But I just <laughs> want to mention one, I want to mention one thing. I'm, after all these years, I'm as excited and enthusiastic to come to work every day like I was, you know, four decades ago. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. I love what I do. I'm a very lucky guy. I live the American dream. I worked very hard for this, mm -hmm. very hard. Never gave up. Never took a no for an answer. Never. Mm -hmm. I don't like the word no. And with persistency, hard work, and uh, good luck, mm -hmm. and and a magnet on my side <laughs> mm -hmm. and and i must say i have amazing people around me my team is fantastic ken jones i love him like a brother russ all these people around me neve uh, who's you know my son-in-law um and my warehouse people you know uh, we we have now 35 people in the company we used oh, to wow. have 50 used to have 50 before the pandemic, but mm -hmm. uh, then after the pandemic, we shrunk a little bit to 35. And most people have been here, as I said, uh, 20 years. I love my warehouse people. They do assembly all day long. They never complain. Excellent people. I have uh, a great, uh, a great, great, great team you know, mm -hmm. around me. This is not just me. I have a great team right now. And, mm -hmm. uh, from sales to production to manufacturing to assembly and uh, I love them all. I just uh, I love the people who work at, at the company. They're like my family. That's fantastic. And I, I treat them fair, fairly. Uh, and seriously, I, I just love my people here. So, and I love uh, pens and I still on my. Uh, bulletin board now uh, i think i have uh, i don't know maybe a hundred new products that uh, i'm working on for the next few years can i, I ask always, uh, cool. can i ask you yeah. really quick because this is just the last piece of kind of the history and you kind of touched on it in the conklin how did conklin come up on the radar how did you end up buying it from rosenberg why why like how, what made you go for Conklin? Uh, actually, uh, I was told that uh, um, he might be uh, interested to sell because uh, Harold Rosenberg, his father, was my friend. I've known him for years. Mm -hmm. 
he was the president of uh, Parker Waterman in the, in the United States. Mm -hmm. So um, over the years, I knew Harold very well. And uh, then when he helped his son get into Conklin, you know, I always was very friendly with him. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, unfortunately, Harold passed away, mm. and and Robbie, I guess, could not uh, manage the uh, the company for many reasons, uh, maybe personal, maybe financial, and it came up for sale. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I talked to Robbie. I went to New Jersey, and we made a deal. And uh, I bought uh, just the name, by the way, not the company. I just bought the the trademark on the name Conklin. And then we had to start from scratch. Wait a minute. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe Tom knows what you're talking about. I don't. What do you mean you bought the name, not the company? You don't buy a company <clears throat> that uh, that is um, not doing well. Let's put it this way. Mm -hmm. um, you, you don't want to carry the debts or responsibilities from that particular company. Mm-hmm. So, so instead of doing that, you just buy the brand name. Oh, and, so that uh, way you don't buy in, like you don't owe the same money that was owed previously. You don't owe, you don't owe and maybe there is a legal issue or maybe there is a, you know, family issue. Mm, maybe I there see. are partners. Maybe you don't, you don't want to put your head into, a, you know, a, a situation that um, can bite you later. So right. The, the cleanest way to buy, and it was a you know a small company, so the, the cleanest way to do it is uh, just to to buy the name. You know, mm. like uh, we did recently with a private reserve. You know. Right. We with the inks. You know. So we I bought Conklin and we started from scratch. We uh, we had to start making pens. Uh, that uh, resemble the uh, vintage pens from 120 years ago. Right. And uh, it was a, ch a new challenge, and uh, boy, am I happy I have it. You know, I love the Conklin collection. I love all the Conklin pens. It's, uh, so I asked, this, I asked this question to Neve about Conklin and Monteverde, and he only answered one half of the question. Maybe you can answer them both. I asked him, if you had to choose a pen that represents like Conklin, what pen would that be? And if you had to ch choose a pen that represented Monteverde, what pen would that be? Uh, you, 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 are, you are having me choose uh, among my three kids who are like that. <laughs> 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 or, or my six grandkids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. There's no doubt in my mind, and Tom and you know the answer. That the crescent filler, the crescent filler is Conklin. Mm -hmm. All, mm -hmm. all the rest is number two. Mm -hmm. the, the the invention of Mr. Conklin, Roy Conklin, was the crescent filler, mm -hmm. and to make it the first pen that you can take out of your office and make it mobile, mm -hmm. and the self-filling, you know, it's a self-filling system that nobody had before him. So that's the the huge innovation. So that's Conklin is the crescent filler. Monteverdi, I would say any anything in carbon fiber or in colors is a Conklin. Is a sorry Monteverdi. So for example, tomorrow when I'm introducing the Super Mega, uh, that's Monteverdi. Mm -hmm. When uh, you look on the website and you see Monteverdi pens in uh, fun 
luxury, fun, affordable colors. That's Monteverdi. Mm -hmm. I understand. So carbon fiber, mm -hmm. colors, fun, function, innovation. Mm -hmm. To have a engage a rollerball that I invented, you know, that's mm -hmm. a Monteverdi. Um, and, and so on and so forth. The ink ball. Uh, we have so many innovations. Mm -hmm. But uh, carbon fiber is uh, one of the uh, pillars of the Monteverdi brand. Mm -hmm. I feel you. That's a good. That's good. I appreciate the answer. So listen, I think that we need to have you back on the show again because I honestly think that <laughs> we can have. We have so much more to talk about, and I really enjoy hearing these stories. My wife certainly enjoyed hearing them at the DC Pen Show in what was it, 2021, that we sat down and all had breakfast together. The three of us. Yes. Yeah, she really enjoyed your company. She said you're such a sweet gentleman, and she can tell that you're a very good person, and you've only been Thank very you. kind to myself all these years. I might Thank not have you. been equally kind to all the products, but you should know that Conklin <laughs> is, in fact, one of my favorite brands. I'll explain to you my very first, what, like years ago, I was into fountain pens, but I was not into spending over $20 into fountain pens. The idea of spending $300, $400 on a fountain pen to me was just absolutely insane. And I passed mm -hmm. the fountain pen hospital and I'm like, you know what, let me go inside for the first time. So I went inside and I'll tell you the pen that grabbed my attention and stuck out to me the most, that made me decide I'm gonna spend over $20 was the Conklin Crescent Filler in Vintage Green because they had wow. it on display in a cabinet with lights shining on it. The material was just so, it was just so nice. I got Majestic. <laughs> yeah, so, and I remember thinking to myself, my God, this pen is a hundred and something dollars. I can't remember the price that they were offering at the time, but it was 165. like 165. And I was thinking to myself, that is just an insane price for a pen. My my wife will murder me if I buy it. <laughs> you know, and I'm thinking to myself, if I don't buy it, I'm always gonna want it and I can take a good beating. So I went home and I thought about it, and then I told my wife about it. And she said, listen, if you're going to spend $165 on a pen, maybe try something less, you know, like just don't go that high. So I'm like, you know what? Fine. What I'm going to do is I'm going to find something else that piqued my interest. Now, being that the pen that I saw was the Conklin Crescent Filler, I just looked into more Conklin brands. And then came the Duragraph, which was also a green pen that I love because you know, my favorite color is green. And then mm -hmm. this is why to me Conklin is so important because a lot of times people start like me. They have a $20 pen and they yes. see an acrylic pen, but it's an Aurora or it's a, it's a Montegrappa and it's $500. Yeah. So what yeah. is going to be the gateway from a $20 metal pen to a $400 acrylic pen? You need something in between that can gently take you to that higher end spectrum and the acrylic pens that Conklin offered to me was the gateway after getting the Conklin, yes. I'm like, you know, this is why people like acrylic. And then it made me hungry for more acrylic pens. I ended up going crazy and buying more and more pens as Tom will tell you 
from his history on <laughs> gold spot orders and stuff like that. And so yeah. to me, Conklin is a very important brand because it certainly is the bridge from beginner pens to high end luxury pens. It's a way for people to experience luxury without having to pay $500. And yes. for that reason, a lot of a people, a lot of people appreciate Conklin like myself and love Conklin. I get emails about how much people love Conklin all the time when I talk about you guys fondly. And it's something that people need to acknowledge. Now, there are people who are insatiable, meaning there's always going to be people that complain. Unfortunately, I am one of those people. You can ask Tom. I constantly complain and nitpick oh, yeah. about everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now I just want to propose some things to you, Yair, before we sign off. And with regard to the Conklin Crescent filler, I notice yes. that this pen threads four separate ways, meaning you can put this pen in the cap and it closes four different ways. One way will be lined up with the clip, with the crescent, and then three other ways that doesn't line up with it. Is that intentional yes. or is that unintentional? That is uh, something I need to look into mm-hmm. because um, uh, it's supposed, you know, we'd like it to to line up, you know. Right. But uh, sometimes what happens here at the factory level, the lining up the cap with the barrel, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but sometimes we find uh, some pens that have, uh, let's say, a quality control issue. Mm. So we take the, the barrel from, uh, you know, the right side and the cap from the left side, and we put them on. Mm. And then the threads, uh, the threads don't match. Mm. I see. But we still, we still ship that pen, and then maybe, uh, in your case, maybe there was one of these uh, particular pen. We, we like it to be uh, lining up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, sometimes it uh, doesn't work that way. So. Oh, okay. And I don't, I don't have a good, uh, I don't, you know, maybe I don't it's have a good answer. Moving Usually forward, when you put the clip uh, with the, when you put the clip lining up with the with the crescent, it should turn. Oh, oh, yes, be... no, 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 no. It does, but it has four sets of threads. Meaning, if I if you put it in a different way. It, it won't line up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can line yeah. up, yeah. but it yeah. doesn't line up yeah, every single true. time. So that's what that I'm is saying. Correct. Is that intentional that is or is that unintentional? Or is it just one of those things you can't fix over time? Uh, it's one of those things I need to look into and improve maybe. <laughs> mm, that's good because you guys did that with the Duragraph. You guys improved the threads. Yes. It, you went from one and a half rotations that just – was a little too snug maybe it didn't always feel right then you went to three full rotations and now the the conklin duragraphs that are out right now are fantastic it's one full rotation it comes to a clean stop and it's smooth and you've made iterative improvements without even telling people so they're getting their money's worth additionally over the last couple of years you guys went from nibs that were made by conklin to yovo nibs which cost you more money yes and they're better yes. quality nibs, and you didn't yes. charge more to the consumer, which is very appreciated. Correct. Now, yes. if, I may, if I may offer on behalf of many people, 
my experience, my experience with the Yovo nibs is yes, the Yovo nibs are fantastic, and I adore the Yovo OmniFlex nib. Every time I buy a Conklin pen, it's always with the Yovo OmniFlex nib. However, when it comes to the feed, now I understand that the feeds that you keep, you keep those feeds because it fits the housing, and to get the regular Yovo feed, you would have to change housing, which is millions of dollars in reproduction of the threads. But perhaps maybe sometimes I find some of the pens have issues with regard to the shape of the feed not being compatible with the curvature of the Yovo nib. Is there a solution to where people can, maybe before it goes out, the feed can be heat set more to ensure that the feeds fit the nib better? Um, sure. I mean, uh, if 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 anybody has an issue like that, uh, mm -hmm. we can we can send them um, a new front section which uh, threads out. You know, the housing threads out. Um, we can send them a new housing with a new nib at no charge, naturally. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that that's necessary. I just think that if the consumer even knows how, for example, whenever I have a Conklin pen. By the time I sit down and write with it, they write perfectly. Because sometimes what I do is I'll examine the pen very carefully. If the feed, which is straight up and down, is pressing against the, the nib tines, sometimes it opens the nib tines a little bit and it creates a space between the feed and the contour of the, the nib. All you have to do, mm. and all, all I do, is I dip that in about a few ounces of water after I microwave it for two minutes, it softens the feed just enough so the nib presses against the feed and then makes the feed more of the shape of the nib. And Interesting. Yeah, and then once I do that, every Conklin pen that I have writes famously. Is I love it. Like I have the Endura Deco Crest. When I first got it, the feed is straight and pressing against the nib and opening up the nib just ever so slightly. But hmm. you can also see the straight straight edge of the feed and the space between the round curve of the underside of the nib. So what I did is I just yeah. put that in a couple of ounces of water after microwaving it for two minutes and then pulled it out. And then the feed got warm enough that it just molded against the shape of the nib and now it writes perfectly. Now it's easy wow. enough for people to do that, but I'm wondering mm -hmm. for people who don't know how to do that or don't have the courage to do that, I mean, I don't know how much how long it would take, but maybe you could look into something like that before it leaves. But but then again, I'm sure it's hard because you guys deal with thousands of thousands of pens on a single day, right? Yes. Okay. So yes. then, you know what? Maybe I'll do an instructional video and instruct people because sometimes people will think that the pen or the nib is faulty when really it's just a slight adjustment that literally takes two minutes and thirty seconds mm. that could make their pen. I never I never heard anybody do this before. I'm a real weirdo when it comes to very, very detailed stuff. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> if you do get complaints between you and or you, Tom, you just tell them how to do how to fix it, because wow. the the money that they pay for a Conklin is actually very low considering what they're getting because they're getting an acrylic yes. turned pen with a Yovo nib. The pedigree of that pen is really low cost. And if they're like, oh, it doesn't write or it dries out, it's not that it's drying out. It's the ink isn't making it into the tines because there's a straight edge reservoir going through and then it's not connecting with the contour of the Yovo nib. 
So yeah. that is so easily mitigated. And I was talking to Neve about it. I wish I would just, I wish I could just, I, I should just make a video on it and push it out there because if that happens, I promise you every single time the issue will be mitigated. Because I had that. Did, did you hear about it? Did Tom hear about it? Uh, I mean, as, as far as the the problem or the or the solution to it. No, the solution. Oh well, it, yeah. Roy has has explained this to me in in you know instances before, and uh, that uh, you know the simple heat setting of a nib and feed does really improve import the uh, performance quite a bit. Mm. So it it and and maybe it could be something that is done or or that or that you know because of course the feed and the housing design you know that's a whole injection mold process that would then require new machining new molds and stuff yeah, but yeah. perhaps the perhaps the heat setting could be something to uh that could be shown to people who do have some performance issues right out mm. of the box possibly so do you put the whole pen in the micro or you, you no, take no, no, the no 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 i just put i put about a couple of ounces of water in a coffee mug in the microwave, two minutes in the microwave, then I take the cup out and then I put the nib and feed in the pen, nib and feed, I dip it into the cup of water. So like a boil, you put you put it in boiling water. I, I wouldn't say boiling. Boiling seems to, I don't want to stick it in something boiling, but it's hot water. It's hot enough to make the plastic feed soft enough that the nib will push back against it and cause the semi straight edge of the feed to kind of contour yeah. with the same shape because if there's straight against a curve, there's going to be a space, there's going to be a dome like space. And then you lose the yeah. capillary action of the ink being yeah. drawn yeah. against the nib and going in between the nib tines to the tip. But if you yeah. heat set it and it curves a little more, you're creating more capillary action to happen. Yeah, correct. So, so that's the only thing I call those feeds are very common. I call them cheapy plastic feeds because they're inexpensive and they're mass produced. And what I find is whenever people have problems with ink flow or hard starts or drying, it's because those feeds are uniformly straight and they're put with nibs that are not uniformly straight. They're curved and that curvature yes. creates a disconnect. So Correct. Basically, what we need to do is we need to make the nib shape the same as the feed shape, and then you don't have a problem. And that's for every pen, every pen that I have that ever had a problem with and has that same feed because Conklin is not the only company that uses them, right? right. So if I that's that seems to me the solution, not just for Conklin, but for any pen that uses that same feed. And it's such a simple solution that yes. I think that people could be educated to do more if it's not possible for the man like your staff to do it before it leaves the warehouses yeah yeah for us to do it it's a big problem because sure. uh, yeah we do sell uh, everything in the thousands you know so yeah um, but people but, buy uh, in the singles it's good to know it's good yeah. to know it's good to know i'll tell my customer service people here so that's an easy solution sure is and uh, you, you you need to trademark it and uh, we can call it uh, the you know something roy something i think <laughs> i think it's just called heat setting but here's my other question is is there ever going to be a move in the future to replace those feeds with the feeds that you commonly see on yovo nib units 
uh, we are we we cannot you know because all of our parts uh, fit that particular need that yeah the housing fee that we have now yeah the housing and it's uh it's, mm-hmm. it's a it's a big it's a big story you know sure of course because then you'd have it's to make a, new machines big, to make the new threads i get it i understand it's a big story it's yeah. a big story but i think conklin's doing really well with what they're doing like the investment into the yovo nibs was probably a massive investment and it is a major step up in terms of quality control and the only yes. like i said the only casualty that came about it was the mismatching between the feed and the nib nib itself which i think is a very easy solution so long as people know to do it that's it yeah. but yeah yeah so Listen, I think that's all we have time for today. You, by far, have the longest podcast in the history of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment podcast because you're such an interesting <laughs> man to speak to. And, yeah, pause well, for you. I had, uh, I had 100 more notes here to go. Oh, so really? We'll do it. <laughs> well, we'll do I'd it. save we'll it for the it. next episode. We're going to we'll have to wait to the next time. Yes, definitely. We'll do it next time. So, Tom, do you have any questions for me, Tom? Oh, I, 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 but I'll save it for the next episode. I'll, I have, uh, I've been taking diligent notes. Roy could attest to. I've been writing some notes about everything. So yeah, he's sitting there I'll, furiously uh, we'll, we'll writing. Save it for next time. Yeah, but Yair, before we sign off, I would like to thank you again for being on the show, and I want to thank you for being a good friend. You and Neve and Kenny being a good friend to me and treating me like I'm family. I have to say, you've only been nothing but just sweet and kind to me and I love you like family and I just want you to know how much I appreciate you for being here and for being my friend. So I want to um, second that and say that we love you too and if you remember I offered you a trip to Los Angeles and whenever you're ready please come visit us. That's number one. Number two I am, um, since I start watching your um, videos, I am astonished at your ability to, uh, to talk about pens the way you do. <laughs> I think that uh, you are, uh, truly, you have a gift um, the way you do it. Um, I think that you are ad-libbing. I don't think that you are reading anything when you do your videos. And um, it's entertaining, and uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. And uh, also, when I watch uh, Tom's, uh, from time to time, I look at uh, I, I click on something to look for something on Google, and guess who is uh, popping up? If not Tom. Tom. So Tom, mm-hmm. Tom is doing you know doing his videos. Mm-hmm. So I, I listen to him too, and. Uh, you know, you, Tom, are excellent, excellent, excellent. So between the Thank two you. of you, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it is uh, fantastic what you do for, um, for, for the pen business. It's, uh, it's admirable. I admire you Thank guys. you. Thank you very much. And it, it's yeah. not easy. It's not easy. It's, it's, not easy. it's actually but, uh, a passion of ours. Mine is more in the areas of entertaining people and you know, just I want people to have fun in the fountain pens. I want them to be entertained. I want them to listen and disconnect from drama, politics, and nastiness. So I just try my best to do that because I always try to entertain myself. Why not share it? So No, but it's uh, fantastic that uh, from a music student, 
uh, that you have this uh, gift of gab <laughs> uh, that you can that you can from instead of playing an instrument mm -hmm. uh, that you went to school for uh, all of a sudden you 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 are in front of a camera and, and you tell a whole story without uh, hesitation Mm -hmm. uh, uh, like a lawyer talking in court, you know. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. Oh, I think it's you. really fantastic. That's uh, much your musical, with your musical background to be um, a speech giver. It's fantastic. Wow. And uh, please take me seriously. One of these days, come visit us in California because uh, uh, you will be. Uh, You'll be very happy to be here with us for a couple of days. I absolutely would. All righty. So everybody listening, Yair Greenberg of Yaffa Brands, the owner of Yaffa Brands. You can check them out at yaffabrands.com, and you can scroll through all their brands. Again, Yair, thanks for being here. And everybody, thank, thank you again. Thank you very much. Do we need to clap again? Uh, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> it. That's just for the beginning. I clap. I clap for you. I applaud you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, we were clapping for you. But <laughs> no, bravo to you guys. Uh, no, bravo I to you. I enjoy talking to you. And uh, if I can help any uh, anybody uh, who wants to go into business, it's uh, my passion to help people. You know. So if uh, if you guys have other ideas that we can reach out to young generation who like pens and and they're interested in business. Uh, or, or doing Zooms with customers, consumers, mm -hmm. or schools. Uh, I give speeches when I go to Israel to my granddaughter's school. You know, if I can help in any way, it's my pleasure. Well, I'm sure everybody would awesome. And uh, Roy, that. tell me, text me whom to send the uh, the uh, recording to. All right. Well, we're gonna sign off first. Let me just thank everybody. Th everybody, thank you. I love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay in. Love you too. Be well. Stay safe. Bye.